Welcome to the Disney Parks Podcast with your hosts, Tony Castlenova from DisneyByTheNumbers.com and Parkhopper John from WDWParkhoppers.com. Keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the podcast at all times and get ready for the Disney Parks Podcast. And now, the Disney Parks Podcast infotainment segment. Okay, we're good. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. We are so excited. We have a phenomenal guest tonight, Dr. Howie de Blasi. Hey, de Blasi. De Blasi. Is, hey, Blasano. Uh, hey, how you doing? Anyway. Hey, so. <laughs> doing, doing good, guys. Hey, good for you. Uh, he is a former educator, business owner, and CIO. His work is an educational technology consultant has been praised by thousands of educators uh, for his work in professional development from Boston to, ba- I'm assuming that's Bangkok. Yeah, that's the real Bangkok, there yes. You go. There you go. <laughs> uh, he's best known for his development of his YouTube series, The Did You Know, with over 700,000 views. Holy cats. His best-selling ebook, Imagineering Classrooms, Unofficial Training Guide for Disney Edge Imagineering Educators, is in use in hundreds of classrooms around the world. He teaches two Disney graduate courses at Buena Vista University, uh, PD Magic Edge Imagineering. I knew I was going to screw that up. <laughs> you got it. You the got Future it. of Professional Learning and PD Magic Unlocking the Magic of Disney Theme Parks. He's been a Disney enthusiast for well over 50 years. Uh, doesn't look a day over 40. He's uh, made over 150 <laughs> visits to the parks at Disneyland, Walt Disney World, Disneyland Paris. He has traveled on nine Disney cruises. I have a feeling that this might be an older bio. I think you've done more than just nine, right? Uh, no, nine? actually, it's nine. It's nine. Yeah, okay. Wow. He, uh, he owns yeah. some DVC. Uh, he's got uh, a lot of love for Disney. Ladies and gentlemen, we've already been messing around with him. He's a great guy. He's a good friend. Welcome to the Disney Parks Podcast, Dr. Howie de Blasi. Hey, the, sometimes they say de Blasio, but it's not a no. It ends in a vowel. <laughs> yeah. It's a good, right? It's a good. But de, de Blasio is like the mayor of New York, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got the name spelled wrong yeah. but it's okay yeah, no right. relation no relation <laughs> hey I'm, I'm happy to be here guys just uh super excited hey very cool uh so we're, uh, we have to tell everybody this because people get uh jealous sometimes uh maybe not specifically but where are you rec- recording from tonight where you're <laughs> you're here right well yeah normally i live uh in georgetown uh right next to austin texas been there for 10 years after i retired but I'm probably about five miles from you guys. I'm over at the Contemporary. Uh, our DVC is Bay Lake Towers. And I found this little empty room over here in the convention center Ooh. and kind of snuck in. What I'm worried about is that I can lock the door and lock me in this room. <laughs> so I think I left the door open a little bit. So, yeah. yeah, we're just a few miles apart. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Very nice. Uh, hey, Dr. Howard, we'd like to ask everybody, you know, how did your Disney journey begin? How did your your passion for Disney store, when did this happen? Give us uh, some details on uh, how this all started for you. It's my mother's fault. <laughs> she, about uh, 1954, there was this guy on TV by the name of Walt, 
And he started talking about this thing called Disneyland. And we had this little black and white TV that we'd watch it every Sunday night. I just got really got excited. And I thought, what is this going to be all about? And I started following that. I started reading about it. Uh, transform from that into then she goes and buys this color TV and this wonderful world of Disney comes up and all through school um, I was just really excited about what this whole thing was about then when it opened I wanted to go but that didn't actually happen until 1971 when I was married with a couple kids but I kept reading and buying books uh, putting the pieces together and uh, in 71, took my son and daughter to Disneyland. And when I saw how all those things worked, mm. I was hooked. I yeah. wanted to know what this imagineering thing was, how it worked. Uh, I started uh, actually at the time when I was in high school, I was loving shop and actually ended up being a shop teacher, mm. building things all the time, creating things, just having a whole lot of fun. Transitioned from that, I graduated from college and then started teaching and taught for 20 years. And all during that time, still having that love for Disney, making trips to Disneyland, and then eventually uh, later on into Disney World. And all through the time that I had the computer business, um, very successful computer business, I would take my staff to Disneyland. Which we we just closed the shop up and uh, did real well. So we'd take them out and they just loved that. So that added to the excitement. And then when I uh, sold that business, I then moved to Durango, Colorado. I was a chief information officer there and started getting invites to speak at conferences about technology. And, of course, worked in Disney, uh, you know, how to bring in the classroom. Uh, worked for a company in addition to teaching called Classroom Connect. Guess where they were based? Anaheim, California. Oh, wow. So headed back to Anaheim, uh, started some things in Orlando with a conference called FETC, doing some keynotes, still do some things many years later with them. Um, that's basically how the journey, how I got to where I am. And I'll tell you later about, you know, some other things that I'm, I'm doing now. But that's how the journey began. Wow. That's fascinating. So as, as a Disney fan for so long, this is a question that I've asked Tony before. Um, because he's been coming to the park since 76. Mm -hmm. And I'm relatively new. I've only been coming for the last uh, 13 years. Uh, how do you stay passionate about Disney? I mean, in light of, you know, price changes and, you know, things that you love going away or decisions that are made in management, how how do you stay passionate about uh, how, and I know how I answer this question. Tony, I know Tony's answer. How do you stay passionate about Disney? Um, the education piece is what I really get excited about. Uh, I do a lot of work with educators, as you mentioned, with the uh, we teach a Disney class. Um, having DVC and having bought our points in the system, we come a lot. And when I'm here, I'm always, uh, we were in the parks all week. I had a group here that I started that we do about four to five times a year, Disney Photo Safari. And uh, I'm a president of the photo club of where I live in Sun City. And people want to take better pictures. And I jokingly said, well, let's go to Disney World. And I had 10 people all of a sudden giving me money to Disney World. Wow. 
And even as I'm here now, I'm seeing new things and I'm thinking, I'm buying books all the time. My wife goes crazy because the whole my whole office is just Disney themed and books. And I'm always learning something new. Uh, I'm very fortunate to know uh, Disney historians like Jim Cork is, is a great friend. Brian Collins is a, a partner uh, with our company uh, as a retired Disney Imagineer. Jeff Dixon, uh, the author, is a great friend. And having those conversations, I just get excited every time I talk to those guys. And those three guys were instrumental in really writing the book. After I finished that book, I just got a whole new passion. I want to know more. I want to know about all these new um, uh, attractions that are going to be happening in the different parks. And I just um, I get new energy. I don't know where it comes from. I do not get tired of going to the parks. People roll their eyes. Oh, my God, there's that Disney guy again. And all he's talking about is Disney this and Disney that. But once they go on one of my trips, they they understand the whole Disney philosophy and how important things are and what Walt did. So I'm just very passionate about it. And I just keep getting excited with the more I read and the more that Disney does. Yeah, there's the price increases. I know that's going to happen. I look at it from the business standpoint. So I understand that. But so that in a nutshell is what I do. Yeah, cool. Very good. Yeah, I have, uh, I don't know, at times Disney tests my patience. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, yeah, they'll fix it. Disney yeah. has a file. This It's the Tony <laughs> Casanova file that's replete <laughs> with letters from many decades. Oh. They all start the same way. Yeah. Dear, Dear Disney. Disney. <laughs> Can I read those, Tony, at some time? I, I'm sure fun. if you went to uh, Guest Relations and asked to see my file, they might give it to you. <laughs> and, and you'll know it's the Tony file because of so, no, the truck backing up. So I just go in and say, I want to read the Tony file. Yeah, yeah you want to read I, the Tony file. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll say, I want to read the Tony file and listen because you'll hear deet, deet, deet as the yeah, truck backs uh, up to dump uh, it all down. Yeah, Or security yeah. surrounds you. One of the That's two. One of the two. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, hey, so Howie, tell us the purpose of the book, uh, Designing Disney-Inspired Classrooms. Uh, what, what's the purpose for, you know, can knuckleheads like me and John use it, or is this yeah, uh, purely actually, for educators? Yeah, actually, it's in use in businesses, it's used in schools, churches. Uh, let me backtrack a little bit with Ryan sure. Beckman, my um, co-author. Um, we met at ISTE, which is a big technology conference. 20,000 people attend every year. We were in Atlanta. Um, I did a keynote. Ryan came up afterwards because the keynote, of course, had some Disney things in it. He says, man, I love Disney. I'm a teacher in St. Louis. Da, 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 da. I said, hey, let's go to dinner. We go to dinner. We start talking about these things. We said, well, maybe we could do something together, not knowing where that was going to go. And uh, then we did a conference that's called Ed Camp Magic, which is done here in Orlando. And we invite teachers in for a free conference uh, done here in Orlando, and we bring people that are passionate about Disney and educators. That led to, gosh, I wonder what this podcasting thing is all about. Mm. And three years ago, started my Disney class, that's kind of the, the, our theme, and started doing a podcast. And we were so excited when we had two downloads. I mean, that was just amazing for us that there's two people out there. Good now there's several thousand, and we're just like, oh my gosh. This is just so much fun. And about a year and a half ago, um, Ryan and I said, 
you know, have you ever thought about writing a book? And I said, well, I did my Imagineer book that a lot of schools use. It's called Design a Theme Park Attraction. And that's what I do at the conferences where they actually design a theme park attraction, going through the whole blue sky process, creating it, presenting it, design, and so on. And we said, well, let's just try this and said, let's do Magic Kingdom. And so we kicked it around for about three months and said, well, how are we going to do this? And I, so I just said, why don't we take each attraction and give the background, give the history of it, give the backstory, hmm. give how it was done, give all that information on it, and then make a lesson out of it with several possible things that they can do within that lesson. So we set up a template, we divided up the chapters, took uh, 42 attractions in the Magic Kingdom and said, you know, if this goes pretty good, we could do each one of the parks. That's basically how the concept came about. And then we just started going through and said, well, we'll do this, this, and this. Um, it's got over 200 projects, activities, and things that are geared towards, and some of the listeners may not understand what uh, some of the, the terms I'm going to use, so I'm going to explain them. PBL, which is project-based learning, which is very big in the classroom. Mm. It's where you take a real-world project and kids solve that project. Uh, and STEM, science, technology, engineering, and math. And a lot of them are geared around those themes um, in each one of the chapters that we go through. So that's kind of how it got started, and that's uh, why we wanted to do it. Very nice. That's amazing. Yeah. It's great when you, when you can meet someone and have that that moment of magic spark and you guys create something like this. Cause you know, you, you graciously, you gave us a copy to, uh, to review and I've been, I've been looking through it for the past couple of weeks and it's fascinating. It's got a lot of really cool, you know, there's, there's stories in there that I didn't know, you know, and I, I fancy myself a relatively smart Disney person. Um, uh, but it was really cool. And then all the, the projects and stuff that you guys can do, uh, that you're encouraging people to do within the books, I thought was fascinating. One of the things that I thought was really cool, because it's a book, and I don't know, and I've been out of the education world, my college days are long ago, but you encourage people to use the internet as well as your book, and you have a site. I saw at least one site that kind of couples with the books. Pro process me through where that came from and, and how the book and the websites are all tied together, because that's a, that's a very unique value proposition for this book. Well, what happened, um, and, and I'm going to use a couple examples in the chapters. We start out and talk about uh, in the book about uh, what you need to know about Walt Disney. And that applies to students and or teachers or uh, a business and kids today, some may have heard of Walt Disney, and some might go, who is that? I have no idea what you're talking about. So we give that as a background. And we started building the chapters, and then we said, well, you know, why is it, why is it, just kind of what you asked, why is it so amazing? So we put some things in there. Then we talked about, uh, the next chapter is about the traditions class, how that is important of carrying on those traditions over time so cast members are excited and to kind of share the magic. And then Ryan and I started talking and we said, you know, why is the web and create a website called WDW Lessons so that from the book and in the um, 
Kindle version, they are hot links, live, so you click on it and go to it. But in the book, in each one of the chapters, when they click on that, they go to that appropriate chapter, and there are resources in there, and it kind of tells what you're going to be doing in that. So if they want to print those things out, um, because we couldn't make a way to really print out. Uh, we wanted to do a spiral-bound book, but mm. it just wasn't cost-effective to do that. So that's how that came about, and we've gotten really good feedback on that, saying I really appreciate having that internet connection on WDW Lessons and having those things available and tying the two things, the hard copy of the book, along with the internet resources. Hmm. Right, right. So do you have uh, a favorite lesson that you like to use? Oh, Tony, i got a whole bunch of Look, <laughs> Can I take a few minutes and yeah. just share a couple yeah, of those? Yeah, take your time. Yeah, um, yeah, we're good. Okay, Another thing that we do because uh, we didn't know exactly, we knew the audience would be education. We never thought homeschoolers would use it. Homeschoolers love it because they're easy things that they can do. We try to take standard things that are in the classroom or in a home and be able to do some of those experiments and a lot of research that's on the web. So what we wanted to do is we said, well, we need to give some background about Walt, but we also need to take them in a walk in the park. So we take them through each one of the lands and what those lands are. Um, then we thought, well, you know, does everybody know the kind of attractions that are there? So we better talk about what is a dark ride? What about the coaster? What about the physics part of it? Um, is it a water attraction? You know, all of these things that we wanted to build a foundation with as they went through that. And then um, what about designing a theme park attraction? How does that happen? We put that process in one chapter. Uh, the queues. Uh, why is it when I go to Disney World that in some cases I just stand in line and other I am totally immersed in the whole process. There's buttons to push or things to do and all of a sudden I don't realize I'm at the attraction to be able to do it. Uh, the first lesson that I think that we lead off with is a really good example of um, how to apply things very simply and it's mom and dad, we're going to Disney World. And what the students are challenged with is we're gonna make a trip, but how do I get there? What kind of transportation am I gonna drive? I'm gonna take a plane. Well, how much does a plane cost? Um, and they use research on the internet to find all of these things, but we throw what we call ringers into it and say, well, what if you don't have enough money? How are you going to get to Disney World? And it's been interesting what kids say. Well, I could walk. I could ride my bike. And we throw that back as a question. Say, well, if you rode a bike from Georgetown, Texas, where I live, to Orlando, how long would it take? And they have to do some research on it. So we're tying that Internet piece that kids use all the time into it. And they build a spreadsheet. They put all the costs associated with that. They do a, a what we call contrast and compare mm -hmm. and say, well, if I did it this way, it would cost this much. Oh, wait a minute. We have to have a place to stay at Disney World. So how much is that? Oh, we need <laughs> tickets. Oh, and they have to no. put all those things <laughs> into it. Oh, my gosh. It's going to cost how much? And then mom and dad say, well, you need to start doing some chores, works, or whatever to earn the money. And then we found that the teachers love that as the introductory chapter because they're learning how to do spreadsheets, they're learning how to do research, they're learning about transportation. And then we build off of that and go into things like in some other chapters about audio animatronics. What are those things? Why do they look so real when they move? Um, 
how do they create uh, in the attraction special effects, uh, all of the things that happen inside of there. Um, then what we do is where we actually do the entry into Walt Disney World. We talk about Walt's purpose of why is the ground that color? Why is there like red on there? Why is it a magic carpet that you walk down on there? Why, when you walk down Main Street, do the lights change when you go inside the Emporium? Why does Mickey change over time that's in there? Showing a lot of these kind of details. And John, just what you said is a lot of the emails and things we get back, they said, I didn't know that. Right. And we, we found by doing that, um, it didn't really matter. You didn't have to be a teacher to read the book. There's a lot of history and things in there that uh, we've substantiated. Uh, Jim Corcus helped us a, a lot on that to make sure that we had it correct, and we verified it with three different sources on the Internet. Um, then you walk down Main Street. What about all – and the theme in there is about transportation. So all the lessons are about transportation from the early 1900s, about the, from horse and buggy to cars. Then we move into Cinderella's Castle. That was the Middle Ages and medieval times. Well, was there really a Knights of the Round Table? And who was this Merlin guy? And all, excuse me, uh, who was King Arthur? Uh, what about kings and queens? And all the lessons in there. So in each chapter, we'll have six to ten projects that are within that so that they're a say, um, you know, I'll use this one. And the book is designed to be what we refer to, what Ryan and I call freeform. You can jump anywhere in the book wow. and use that particular chapter rather than having, usually it's the book I got to read from, you know, page one to page, uh, in this case, I think we have 372 pages or something like that. And then the rest of the chapters we break down by lands because we walk down Main Street. Um, whenever I go, I always go to the left, go to Adventureland. So Ryan and I said, well, let's do Adventureland. And we do Jungle Cruise and the rivers and the Nile, uh, Swiss Family Treehouse. And there's lessons on each one of those. So uh, we don't have time to go through them all. But that's kind of the context that we're doing in, in each one of these and tying a lesson into it and using very simple things that you can to do that lesson if you need it or research and then tie it back to the uh, Internet that EW Lessons webpage. Wow. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's such a fascinating idea, and I, I, love, I love the way that you're describing it. Um, I did uh, – my background is music. So I, I taught private lessons. I taught within the public schools. Like during football season, I would come in and be a contract worker for drum lines and bands and stuff. And whenever I taught – I tried to pull in as many different examples of things that the kids could relate to and, and teaching more than just here's a drum, here's how to play it. So that, that discussion of how you, you process the kids through, you know, basically putting together a budget spreadsheet uh, resonates with me. And that's just fascinating. Uh, and I love that. And, and that's why I think I liked all the stuff that I got to, to preview in the book. I thought it was, was such a great, uh, and like you said, my first thought, my first thought was, wow, homeschoolers could really, yeah, really get a lot out of this. That's what I was thinking too. Um, so let's go back before the book, before, before Ryan. Uh, we're going to come back to it in just a second, but I had a, I had a question that I wanted to ask. When did you first start thinking about combining Disney and public education? Um, actually, when I got to. I, uh, I was in teaching and then left. I wasn't doing anything there. I was a classroom teacher and a department head. 
then with the computer business. When I got to Durango um, and hired as a chief information officer, the reason I took the job, because I actually was going to go teach in a college. I'd finished my doctorate. I had a job offer to go teach at Azusa Pacific in California, and I got contacted um, about Durango. And I thought, man, Durango, Colorado, that would be cool. When I had my business, I couldn't ski. I couldn't do all these outdoor things. And the job basically was going to be in an area where I there was a ski area. So that fascinated me. And then as I got there, uh, after I completed the interview, one of the questions I had is, do I have the flexibility in the technology department to teach classes um, and professional development in any way that I want to, whether we, it's on the Internet? or And they said, you go for it. And so uh, I had a uh, professional development coordinator that was in my department. Our name was Bonna Steinle. And we sat down and said, how can we really make this exciting for teachers to really want to learn how to bring creativity, innovation, critical thinking, problem solving, all those things in the classroom? Mm -hmm. And she says, I have no clue. What do you want me to do? And I says, well, there's this Disney thing. <laughs> and it was kind of hatched there. And we had uh, classes that tied that in. We did some online things. And uh, the FATC conference was starting at that time in Orlando. And I went to the uh, superintendent. I said, I'd like to go down there and do a presentation. And uh, we got quite a bit of state recognition and national recognition for our department in the way that we did professional development, uh, doing it online. This was back before they really had online courses, per se, in the 90s. Mm -hmm. And uh, just kind of started putting some of those things together, got started inviting to conferences. I went to the superintendent and I said, I don't want to get in trouble here, but I'm getting invited to go to conferences to speak about uh, technology in the classroom and different ways to do it. And part of that is Disney. And she says, go for it. She says, we'll pay for you to go. And I'm going, wait a minute, this is too cool. <laughs> to actually go to these tech conferences, talk about Disney, and go to Anaheim and Orlando. And that's, that's how it started. And then when I retired from there, uh, I started uh, doing for 10 years consulting. A lot of that was uh, doing presentations and bringing Disney into the presentation. Mm. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so what's the response to the book from, say, the educators, Howie? What are, what, what are they telling you about you know, the book and what they think? They, they have just been so kind. Um, I mean, it's, it was so funny when it came out. Uh, there were people that were, you know, in Twitter um, holding it up. So I got my copy. I got my copy. And they were just so positive and coming back. Just thank you for doing this. Thank you for giving me lessons. Uh, and a lot of them obviously were Disney lovers, right. uh, Disney fans, and said, I never thought about doing such and such. And I'll, I'll give a quick example. Ryan has a great lesson in there um, that is on Haunted Mansion and talking about the ghosts and everything, but what he does is he brings a lesson in about Pepper's ghost. Hmm. And he has the lesson in there of how you take a CD case and you put some reflective uh, paper in there to do that actual effect. So kids get actually a chance to see that. He does the same thing in another one on the Tiki Room, on the Polynesian culture. There's a whole section in there about the Polynesian culture and what happens in it. Right. And we really tried to bring those lessons to life rather than say, 
go read chapter seven and fill out this worksheet and turn it into me. We, we don't want to do business that way. Right. And that's basically how we were very successful in Durango. And it's just carried over here uh, for me in the last 10 years of traveling around the country and then getting together with Ryan and putting the book together. Hmm. Right. That's awesome. Um, it's not every day that you get to get to pair those things up and, and then get the response that you're getting. So that's, that's great. Um, so the next question, I guess, you know, what's, what's next for you guys? Do you and Ryan have another project coming up? Is there a, is there a book? Two? Yeah. Um, there other projects well, coming out? Spill the beans, man. We want to know. Here, here's our problem with, uh, the next book. Um, we had it all planned for Epcot and then they make these announcements about, uh, certain things going away and new things coming in. Oh yeah. And then in France they're doing something and something about Avengers. Yes. And then we hear this is coming and possibly a new pavilion. So we said we got to put this on hold till we know a little bit more about it. So that's uh, a possibility. The second thing was oh no let's do Hollywood Studios oh Star <laughs> Wars Land okay <laughs> what's that about and oh great movie ride we had a whole th thing I had all worked out about the great movie ride mm -hmm. on so we so we're in a holding pattern yeah. until we can kind of figure that out because obviously we want to tie in the attraction kind of follow the same format so we're in a holding pattern on that a couple of other things that we have I mentioned um, I do. Uh, four or five times a year, uh, the Disney photo safari. And that's where we bring uh, eight to 10 people down. We go through the parks. Uh, we do some photography classes online, uh, how to take pictures. We then uh, make all their fast passes, do all the reservations. We work with a travel company to do all that for them. Then when they get here, we go into the parks and it's pretty scripted. In other words, we want them certain things but as we're walking by I'll show them a really great place and I'll give you an example that, that happened yesterday um, we were in Magic Kingdom and I said I'm going to take you over to where the uh, Seven Dwarfs Mine Train ride but I'm going to show you something that people walk by every day and never see and so I walked them over there to this location and the coaster was going by and it's a great photography uh, shot that you can do and I said stop and look at that what do you see and they said I see coasters going by. I said, you're not looking for everything. Hmm. And then one of them says, oh, my gosh, the castle is in the background. What a great shot. And people walk by that every day, and they never in a spot that you can get the coaster coming up with people with their hands up in the air, and the castle is in the background above where they are. Hmm. And we show them things like that of where they can take those kind of pictures uh, one day we spend the whole day going to seven resorts and we walk them around and show them different photo spots of where they can get great shots. Mm. Um, so that's part of that photo tour. Another thing uh, that we're working on, uh, going to partner with, uh, with a, uh, I can't give you all the details, with, with another group. Mm -hmm. And it's called PD at Sea. It's Professional Development at Sea. We really want to do this on a Disney cruise, but it's, it's almost impossible to get a room uh, where we can meet each day on there to give graduate credit to teachers. Yeah. So we found a company to work with, and the PD at C is something, it's probably a year away, but it'll be that teachers will come down, or educators, or, and what they will do is they will take an online class, and then they come to Orlando, and they'll spend three to four days in the parks, 
and then they get on the cruise ship and take a four-day cruise. Hmm. For all that, they can get their uh, professional development credit. It's required by uh, state certification to have either continuing education units or graduate credit units. Right. So that's that's a process that we're doing in there. And we've got a number of other professional development opportunities. Uh, Brian Collins and I, the Imagineer, uh, retired Imagineer, are going to be going into schools, and that's starting in 2019 to kind of do um, – it's not going to really be Disney in a box, but we've been thinking about doing it that way. But it's like, uh, what are all these magical things that we could do in the class classroom as part of doing it? They'll get a copy of the book and we'll actually be there live to do professional development for them in the school. So that's another thing we're kicking off. Uh, and then in 2019, FETC, the last week in January, I'll be doing four workshops there. Two of them are on Disney. Wow. Uh, some things that are coming down the road. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, if I were you guys, I would wait until uh, 2020 after the 50th anniversary because I think they'll be done building stuff by then. <laughs> we're gonna no, we said 2025. We're safe, right? Well, you'll be uh, maybe safe because then they'll be in phase two of the 50th anniversary by then. <laughs> yeah, let's start all over again, and we'd have to make a whole new plan. Yeah, yeah we ran into the same problem because uh, you know our, our mutual friend Rick, we did a book. Uh, on Magic Kingdom, mm. you know, uh, bucket list, and we're trying to move on to the next book. And every time we talk about it, it's well, we can't do Epcot because they're they're putting new stuff they're in and taking old it. stuff out. Uh, we yeah. can't do Disney uh, Hollywood Studios. The only safe park right now, sort of safe park, is Animal Kingdom. Yeah, well, Zootopia is supposedly going in the back. <laughs> oh, Rapiki, so so who knows? That, yeah, John, it's funny you said that because that's exactly what we came up with, and we said, well. Uh, and we said at the time, this was a year ago, we said, well, let's just wait until the whole Pandora thing is done. So we feel pretty confident in that the, the, the problem that we've run into is, gosh, if it's just animals, you know, is that a market? Right. And we're not exactly sure, you know, we could do things on animals, but we're really getting, uh, I mean, we have a niche. We have found uh, our two niches, our education and uh, seniors mm -hmm. that live in Sun City. And there's a huge market there for that that we have uh, – I hope you know I'm not opening up a can of worms here and a bunch of other people jump in. But we think we've captured a little niche here and, and doing very well and very pleased with it. Uh, our podcast is really – is growing every month and uh, with the guests that we have on there, we have Imagineers, we have historians. The first of the month, Ryan and I talk about uh, things specifically and then on the 15th, we have a guest. Uh, the Last month, I was able to uh, – uh, I'm sorry, last summer, I was able to Greenfield Village. And Walt had visited Greenfield Village. was a good friend with Ford. And uh, so I had a conversation, and we talked about the influence that Greenfield Village had on Walt Disney. The month before that, our conversation on the first of the month was uh, Tiverly Gardens. Uh, we traveled on a uh, cruise with Viking. And we were there uh, for two days and went all the way through that. When you walk through Trivoli Gardens uh, in Copenhagen, you see the ideas that Walt had for Disneyland. He was there in, I think it was 46 or something like that. And those pieces that showed up later. So we, Ryan and I talk about that, how to do it in the classroom. And as I said, we have special guests on the 15th of the month uh, for our podcast. Wow. 
Uh, so tell everybody where they can find you on the internet, where they can find the book, where they can find all the, the sites, where they can find your podcast. You got a long list of, of places. Here, right? <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll try to make it short. Right. Um, as far as if they want to contact by email, it's my Disney class. That's kind of our, our logo mm-hmm. at gmail.com. Okay. Um, we have a companion site over on Facebook that is called Educators Who Love Disney, mm-hmm. and uh, Brian Collins and I populate that. Uh, we're on Twitter at My Disney Class. Podcast is on uh, iTunes, Libsyn, Podbean, mm-hmm. and several others. Um, so if they want to contact us, uh, that's how they can, you know, get a hold of us that way. All right, that sounds great. Oh, the book! I forgot to tell yeah. you about the book. Yeah. Wait. I was, I was I going surprise. there. I was almost, I was on it. I was on it. Yeah. Uh, what we're going to do, I appreciate, I really appreciate Ryan just schedule wise didn't work out and everything. So I said, I'd just come on and talk. Uh, we will, the book is, you can order on Amazon, but don't do that right now because uh, what we're going to do for the next 30 days um, after this podcast is published is instead of twenty four ninety five, they can get it for $20 and we'll pick up the shipping. Uh-huh. And what they do is they just send an email to mydisneyclass at gmail.com and just say um, the um, uh, discount is the keyword that's in there. And you can note in there that they heard it on the podcast and uh, we will tell them how to pay for it and we will ship it to them free of charge. Wow, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we uh, we know a couple educators that listen to the show that will be interested in that. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Dr. Howard, we want to thank you so much, not only for, you know, just being with us tonight, but also for, for being a friend and for sharing your love and passion for Disney and really for what you do. I mean, you're helping spread the Disney love. You're helping spread the story of Disney because, you know, I, I say the further we get away from Walt's death, the, the less and less the parks sometimes look like uh, the creator of the parks. So I appreciate yeah. what you're doing to yeah. keep the history alive. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be able to get together in person and hang out sometime soon. Yeah. Sounds I agree. I get, I get down here six, seven times a year. It's funny you said that John, because, uh, our group was meeting with Jeff Dixon last night and we talked about that very same thing as time is going by. Most of, you know, the nine old men and a lot of the guys, um, I saw Marty Scalar just, gosh, he passed away about, um, I want to say six weeks after that I saw him wow. and I'm thinking, we're just losing these guys. It's kind of like the world war two guys. We're just losing them and the stories. Right. And I appreciate guys like Jim Corcus that is around interviewing these people and getting these stories and recording those things because, you know, another five eight years, a lot of these guys are going to be gone and we're going to lose those stories. And as you said, we get further and further away and anything. I appreciate what you guys do. I love, you know, the podcast, your Orlando the piece that you do. I uh, really enjoy. I have it every day. I listen to one. I work out at five in the morning. So you guys are on the uh, iPod and listening to that. Wow. So let's get that every day. So I appreciate what you guys are doing also. Thanks. Well, we want to thank you for coming on. We appreciate uh, everything you all do. Uh, it's a fantastic book. A lot of great stuff in there for. Thank you. you thank know, you. Thank you. It's going to teach. So, uh, as we like to say around here, uh, we'll see you in the parks. The Disney Parks Podcast is not affiliated with the Walt Disney Company. 
All Disney parks, attractions, lands, shows, event names, etc. are registered trademarks of the Walt Disney Company. Like a boat of the blue Fate steps in and sees you through 